The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Growing up in Newham, I always say that Newham created the person I am today. Yeah. I wrote that tweet on the train going to Apple. Yeah. We have our morning meetings. Yeah. I hit publish in that meeting yeah. and I locked my phone, put yeah. up do not disturb. Before I lay, yeah. I came back and I was like, what? So if I have an idea, I'm going to try and see it through. Mm. Some of them will really work, some of them won't. But I am I think I was a born entrepreneur. Yeah. Like I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. I'm going to take the risk. The thing is, when you mm. have social media virality, mm. you can't sit down and wait yeah i knew that true. i was buzzing at that moment mm. and everyone's looking at me for financial stuff mm. i can't say in a month's time i might release podcast yeah i've got to do it now i've got to kind of capitalize on this buzz i remember resigning from apple they're like you really gonna go you're like are you making money from this and i was like i believe in me you mm. don't need to believe in me i do mm. and let me tell you something on month six yeah i remember actually one time i was on radio mm. and then one of the hosts said but you're so young like what do you know about i mean he literally said what do you know about finance and I remember saying to him on radio, I laughed because I didn't expect him to ask me to live on air. And I said to him, Welcome to the Takeoff Experience where I sit down with highly driven people to talk about their journey, their failures and their successes. If you want to take off in your career, your business, your finances or your mindset, then this podcast is for you. This episode is sponsored by Money Hub, a secure money management app that helps you to manage your money with ease. The Money Hub app provides you with a single view of all your accounts by letting you connect your bank accounts, your savings accounts, investment accounts, your credit cards all in one place. To help with your money goals, Money Hub has features that allows you to track your incomings versus your outgoings every single month and also allows you to set and track your spending budgets every single month too. It's a fantastic app, right? Well, you can download the Money Hub app for free by tapping the link in my description. You can use the Money Hub app free for six months with no auto renewal. And if you really like the app, then you can continue using it for only £1.49p per month. It's a deal of the century, right? Well, make sure to go and download the app right now. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome back to the Takeover Experience. We have a special guest in the building. We have a fellow financial influencer, fellow <laughs> podcaster yes, as yes, well. Kia, yes. how, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. I'm happy to be here. So I'm very excited. I'm on this podcast. I'm happy. Yeah, you know what? I'm excited to have you here. But you know what I want to start with, actually? Thailand. So yes. you recently came back from Thailand. How yes. how was it out there? Thailand was good. Very, very good. I went for 10 days. Mm-hmm. Um, I flew from from London. So basically it was London, Dubai, Dubai, Phuket. Yeah. That's where I went. Okay. I spent... A Dubai day. and Phuket. No, wow. no, no. So, so like the flights were okay. there was no. Well, there was that. Oh, it was like flight. a stopover. Yes, I did a okay. layover for like two hours in Dubai and then flew okay. straight to Phuket. Yeah. And then I spent one day in Phuket, mm-hmm. three days on PP Islands, mm-hmm. and then the remainder of my trip back in Phuket. So that's like another five days in Phuket. Okay. And it was very good. Thailand's yeah. very cheap. Mm-hmm. The people were lovely. Mm-hmm. The nightlife is wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who wants to go. It's just wow. Like, like on my first yeah. night. We went out to the main strip because my friend was like, so my friend happened to be there same time mm-hmm. I was there and she's Thai. So we met her in the main strip mm-hmm. and she's like, yeah, 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 come, come, come. We're walking. And this woman was like, to me, do you want to come and see a show? And I was like, of course, I'm on a holiday. <laughs> of course I want to come and see a show. The show that I saw, I can't even speak on this podcast. <laughs> the show that I saw, that just set the bar for my holiday. I said, this is day, this is night one. What things am I seeing here on night one? But it was crazy. It was a really show good show. was though. code for something else. <laughs> oh, she, Clearly, right? She did not tell me what I was about to see when I walked into that place. Oh, my God. All right. I'm going to say is you can't have your phones. <laughs> they patrol. They say no recording. You can't have your phones out at all. So that's just tell you everything that you need to know. That is yeah. wild. But it was very good. Very worth the money. I did loads of boat yeah. trips. It's so beautiful out there. And it's so wow. cheap. 
Yeah, so good. It's, it's, it's not a place that I've been to, but it's somewhere where I want to go. Only places in Asia that I've been to is Indonesia, mm-hmm. Bali, Lovely. and Singapore. Those are the yeah. two. So yeah, Thailand, you've still done some, some good hit list though. It's, yeah, it's there. decent, it's decent. You also got another deal, right? All inclusive, Morocco, yes, 250. Yes, how how yes. did that happen? How did you find that deal? Because that's it's, crazy. It's so crazy because that video, so I had, before I tell you about that deal, yeah. I had done a video on my mm. trip about a couple of days after I came back. So mm-hmm. this is in January. 2023 and like it did like i think it did about sixty thousand views on tiktok and i was That's like oh my gosh lot. cute like, i was like oh my gosh it did numbers <laughs> and then something possessed me about a week and a half ago now to redo that video basically and just do the exact same thing that i said before mm. but just put more images of and videos of my trip okay and that video today officially just touched a million views on tiktok it's got one hundred and twelve thousand likes and a million views on tiktok crazy right wow but that deal was it was december i think like just after christmas mm. And Elvi, mm-hmm. we were talking, and we were just like, "Should we go on holiday?" I was like, "Yeah." She, she gave me some dates. She gave me the specific dates. She could only mm. do three days in January. <laughs> she said, "Yeah, we can go in those dates." So I said, "Okay, cool. I work my magic. I'll find something." And there were loads of good all-inclusive deals to yeah. Morocco. And I said, "Okay, I've been before, but like, I'd happily go back again." Mm-hmm. So we found that one that was a four-star hotel, all-inclusive, yeah. including our transfer from to from the airport. 250 and we're like should we just go and we said yeah we just create content on it as well so we can share the deal that we went on yeah and it was absolutely incredible like we had the that's, best what, time when crazy. i tell you we felt like superstars yeah they knew our names every time we walked into <laughs> breakfast they were like oh my gosh how are you today oh it was great i had the best time the best time that's sick you know th- those are always the best type of holidays the cheap ones yeah and the ones where you get treated like royalty oh it was great i Amazing, loved it right loved it crazy all right so i got this question for you who yeah. is kia who is Kia? Mm-hmm. Oh, what a good question. Kia is, she is multifaceted. Mm-hmm. She is a content creator. Mm-hmm. I think that's how people best know her as a content creator. But the people who probably have known me for a long time in my personal life would say that I'm somewhat of a comedian. Okay. And I'm someone who enjoys having fun. So what a lot of people don't know is that I like, to game. I wouldn't call myself a gamer, but I like to game. I'm on my old school consoles. So like okay. I've got my Nintendo GameCube. I play my DS all the time. It's actually on me now. Down, I've got my DS on me. DS. Yeah, Mad. I've got it on me. I, I bring it with me. Time ago though. <laughs> I keep it, I, pl- I played it on the plane. I play it whenever I go on holiday. Wow. I'm always playing my DS. I love The Sims. I do mm-hmm. all that. I love to read. And I like to go out. Yeah, just, I think I'm just, I like to just enjoy myself. I feel like yeah. life's about enjoyment. I like to enjoy myself as Kia, but then I also like to share knowledge. Okay. and create content so i think that's, that's who kia is amazing amazing it's so funny that you say you're not a gamer i feel like i've recently just got involved in games started playing my ps5 a little bit okay. more i wasn't playing it for the first two years and now i'm playing fifa all the time really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i i'm a gamer well you're a gamer I, i'll call myself a gamer like how you are like yeah. i think i've been in and out of it but yeah i've been playing games most of my life, I had all of the cons. I had a GameCube. I, I had a GameCube. I had a GameCube. DS as yeah. well. I had a PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, Same. PlayStation yep. Three, yep. Four, Five. Yep. So I've had all the PlayStation. Yeah, I I love it. It's just so yeah. fun. And I think for me, my parents were gamers, so they were gamers before okay. they had me. Really? Yeah. So oh, then when I was born, obviously not as a little baby, but mm. when I got to toddler age, about four or five, okay. I used to sit there and watch my parents, my parents play games. And then when I got old enough and I can understand what's going That's on, so they teach me how to play games. I remember like being four years old and watching my dad play The Sims and he showed me how The Sims worked and I think that's really? why I fell in love with it and I still love it now. Okay. Yeah, like we used to, it used to be a family affair. I remember oh. vividly, there was a point where I was maybe about six or seven. Mm. My mum and I were playing this game, like on the PlayStation 1. Yeah. And we were stuck on the level and I remember mom saying, we had to come so he will help us. Mm. And as soon as you walk through the door, forget about how's your day. Pops, <laughs> we're stuck. And he came, we sat down, he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We went, went online, found, found a walkthrough. Yeah. Boom, 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 we got us through. He said, thanks Pops. Carried on playing. That's just how, that's just kind of family we were. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. No, my friends didn't play no games, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, there's curfew on them games, man. Whoa. <laughs> um, so you talked about your parents a little bit. Where 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 are your parents from? My mum is as in country wise. Mm. My mum is Jamaican, my dad's mm-hmm. Dominican. Okay, cool. Were you born in either of those countries or here? I was born here. Okay. I was born cool, in London. Cool, cool, Where, Whereabouts did you grow up for most of your life? I grew up and lived until last year, November, in Newham, in East London. Okay, so East London size. Yes. Cool. How did you find it in growing up in Newham? I, 
say, mm. because I think statistically, Newham is, it fights with Tower Hamlets to be the poorest borough of London. Is like, it? Yeah, every year they they, they tussle mm. to oh, see who's going to be number on. one. It's between them, between one and two, right? Oh, wow. So I guess when you have that knowledge, yeah. people have a certain belief of what mm. people in Newham look like and yeah. what they're going to achieve. But I think growing up in Newham, I always say that Newham created the person that I am today. Okay. Because you grow up in this area where a lot of people around you maybe are struggling for cash and that you know that's that's the kind of thing but when i got into school when i was in primary school i got put into gifted and talented then i got mm. to secondary school i also got put into gifted and talented i was working really hard and i think that being in newham and being technically mm. underprivileged i was like bro that's got nothing to do with me mm. i am gonna be successful regardless and i mm. put a lot of my success down to being in that environment i okay. think all the people around me were very much like this doesn't define mm. us where you was born your postcode doesn't mean anything yeah and i think my parents testament to that as well that's crazy that, yeah I, I'm, I'm so happy to be in east london i'm like yeah, yeah man come on new new all the way i love real. it you said gifted and talented that's it so that's for people who are excelling like yeah crazy. so gifted and talented wow. as far as i knew when i was in primary school anyway yeah. i got identified in year four okay so gifted and talented and i was oh, in mad. it until i left school in year six but gifted and talented is people who, I guess, the school system identifies as doing very well, mm. and the current syllabus can't facilitate their mm. growth. So because I was doing so well, I guess, in all my exams and everything, yeah, there was like a, I remember about six of us who being mm. gifted and talented for English and maths, mm. and we go off for an hour. Why everyone's doing normal work? We go off and mm. do maths, and we they give us like hard stuff to do. Okay, and we do it. We do spelling tests with like hard words, and we'd mm. really be going at like eight, nine years old. And then I had the same thing in secondary school as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, mad. So would you classify yourself at that point as like a bit of a, like an intellectual? Do you think, feel like you were at that time? I think as a kid. Did like you, study and stuff like that? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, okay. I did very much enjoy it. And yeah. I think I picked up things very quickly. Okay. So when it came to spelling tests, I really got things wrong because okay. I, I think I could just remember like, okay, that's how you spell that. Okay. Cool, I've got this. Mad. Yeah, I could got that. Math wasn't my strong suit. I don't, I don't know why I was in gifted and talented math. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie to you. There were some kids there who were better at maths than me. <laughs> but overall, like I got it, but not maths. I was like, yeah. some, some of the things we'll be doing and they time you and I'd be like, bro, I'm yeah. never going to win this one because maths ain't my strong suit. <laughs> but I guess in the overall scheme of things, yeah, I was gifted and talented. You, you were gifted and talented. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, okay, so if we, if we go to like college times, yes. yeah. What was like the main subjects you were studying at college? I studied at AS. Yeah. Chemistry, biology, economics and French. Wow, that's such a wide range. Isn't it? <laughs> I know. And you did a lot of five. No, I did four. Four, 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 four. I did four. That's quite So tough. that's at AS and then at AT obviously you dropped one, yeah. so I did three. Wow. And then, so what did you decide to study at uni then out of all of those options? I did French and business. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you did French and business. Wait, so you must have been quite fluent then. Yeah. Wait, are you fluent in French now? Yeah, I mean, oh, like... you put me to shame, man. <laughs> really? Hey, I was born there, and I can't even. No, say it. <laughs> come on, come on. I went there for long enough. Only two. Fair years. enough. I will let you off. I let you off. That's great. Wait, so you're fluent in French? Wait, fluent, you don't fluent, say this. Like, you don't talk about this. Fluent enough? Like, I, I won't say fluent, fluent because I don't converse with enough people who are French. Okay. But when I was in Morocco in January, yeah. there's a lot of French people there, and I remember there was one time we went camel riding, hmm. and the man who was doing the camel riding couldn't speak any English, only okay. French. And everyone who was doing the camel riding couldn't speak English, yeah. no French. So I was the <laughs> middleman who was talking to me saying, "Can you tell everyone that we're gonna stop here, take pictures?" And I'd be like, "Guys, you were doing and the I translation. Back and, yeah, translate. Yeah, that's so. funny. Oh man, that's it. Okay, so fr French business. And for that opportunity, did you get to stay live in France for a bit? So I, it was part of my degree. Okay, I opted out of it. Because mm. whilst I was at uni, uni was such an interesting time for me. But whilst I was in my second, third year, second yeah. year, no, I was doing my dissertation. So I opted out of it because I thought I'll do it at the end because you can do it either in between second and third year yeah. or third and fourth year. Mm. So I'm do it third and fourth year. I got into an accident, which meant I couldn't finish my dissertation, so I couldn't graduate. Mm. So that got delayed a year. And because okay. it just all got delayed, I just never really went to do my year abroad. Okay. I was just like, I just want to get out of this uni now. I want to just graduate and just completely that's it. finish it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And I guess what happened after that? What happened after uni? Did you decide to get a job? Was it? So or? during my second and third year, so I've always yeah. been working since I was 16. Okay. Second and third year, I got a job at Apple. So okay. I was working in... Nice. That's lucky. It's very tough to get a job there. Oh, I knew someone. Because <laughs> I okay. applied for fi five times. I never got a job at yeah. Apple. Now I knew someone. She's like, oh, if I refer you, you basically get guaranteed an interview. I can't guarantee yeah. you the job. But I can guarantee mm. you an interview by yeah. referring you. So she did that. I obviously put on my best charm. They loved it. And I got a job. And I worked in the 
Oxford Circus, mm-hmm. the flagship store. Yeah. In London. Wow, that must have been interesting. That was very interesting. And I was studying in Coventry. So I'd okay. come down every weekend to work wow. and then get the train back to Coventry to go back to uni. You didn't want to work in Apple and Coventry, did it have one? Uh, the, the nearest one was Birmingham. Oh, okay. And the pay was better in London. Okay. Like, it, it made up for the travel. The yeah, pay you yeah. get was like, I, I got paid like four or five pounds more an hour. Okay, like, fair enough. So I was yeah. like, I'll come down. The trains are cheap at that point. The trains were like yeah. seven pounds. That's to come, crazy. To come down. I was like, that's fine. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, end up doing a bit of Apple. Oh, I didn't finish. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. So, I was working at Apple mm. and my whole plan was, I didn't know what I was going to do. Am I going to yeah. graduate? I think the plan that I had when I went to uni was, I'm going to do my degree and I'm probably going to go and work for like a law firm or a yeah. bank and do their translating arm mm. for them. When they work with international clients, Okay, I'll be the translator because okay. cool. I'll get paid yeah. decent money. Yeah. I thought I was going to be me while mm. I figure out my path. Yeah. And then in third year, while I was finishing my dissertation, mm-hmm. that's when I made the now infamous tweet about the help to buy ISA. Wait, you were still at uni when you made uni. that? I was still at uni working part-time. I was actually working oh. at Apple. I was on shift. So you working part-time Apple and... Oh, I was okay. on shift when I made that tweet. Okay. I wrote that tweet on the train going to Apple. Yeah. We have our morning meetings. Yeah. I hit publish in that meeting yeah. and I locked my phone, put yeah. on do not disturb. Before I was late, yeah. I came back and I was like, whoa. Wow. Your life has changed. Literally. Yeah. I didn't know how much was going to change then, but yeah. that is, I was like, I remember going around to my friends, but yo, yo, and people saying, I've got, I've got you in my DMs. I was like, what's your post key? I was like, yeah. bro, I don't know. I don't, I just posted a tweet. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. That's what was the motivation like for like writing the tweet? Like, what made you think, yeah, I want to write this tweet? And can I, you tell people quickly, briefly what the tweet was about? Yes. Yeah. So I wrote a tweet about the help to buy ISA, which at the time in 2019 yeah. was about to close. I think at the time we had one month left for anyone who wanted to open it to open it before it got superseded by Lifetime ISA. So I had a friend of mine who knew that the year prior I was mm. making personal finance YouTube videos on okay. my old YouTube channel. And oh. she's like, Kia, my mom's telling me to get help to buy ISA. Can you explain it? Can you like put it on your Instagram story and explain how it works? I said, like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I said, well, what do you think the best format is to do it in? Mm. She said, oh, just like write a thread on Twitter, mm. screenshot it and put it in your story. I said, you're smart. Yeah. Of course I'm going to do that. <laughs> so that's what I did. I wrote it all out. Yeah. I remember writing on the train and just double checking all the numbers were correct that I was putting in. I said, okay, cool. I hit publish. With the intention of, I had 600 followers at the time. Mm. Intention of coming back on my lunch break, screenshotting everything and saying, hey guys, here's helped by us and putting yeah. my tweets on my story. So that's why I wrote it, to screenshot it and put it on my Instagram mm-hmm. story because at the time I had something like 2,000 Instagram followers yeah. versus 600 Twitter followers, which mm-hmm. is like nothing. But then I opened up my phone and I went from 600 Twitter followers to 5,000. Wow. I was like, what <laughs> happened there? This wasn't the plan. Yeah. So I still screenshot and put it on my Instagram story and I was like, I was like, sis, like, What's going on? Like this tweet, the numbers. It wasn't even the intention. I just yeah. wanted to screenshot and put it on my story for yeah. you. And yeah, that's that was why. If she I honestly said this to this day, if she had not asked me to do that, yeah, you probably wouldn't know who I am today. That's crazy. You have no idea who I am. Today. It's. I mean, it sounds like it was your destiny, though. It's true. I mean, maybe Probably. I would have found a way somehow. Yeah. But definitely, she was the reason why I made the tweet because I asked her. If she said, "Oh, just write on your story," I probably yeah. wouldn't have made a tweet. <laughs> Imagine it's yeah. that. Sometimes it's those like thin margins and those things. You know, where's like, what if, right? It's crazy. Which so is crazy. which is mad. Okay, so okay, so you you obviously posted a tweet. Yes. It went it went viral. Yes. It did really really well. I guess what was going through your head at that time? What like I, walk me through how you then got to the point where you're like, okay, cool, I want to do a podcast and really good, you know, really I good go question. Time and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, really good question. So I've always been very driven. Okay. So if I have an idea, I'm going to try and see it through. Mm. Some of them will really work, some of them won't. But I am i think I was a born entrepreneur. Like yeah. I'm going to give it a go, yeah. I'm going to take the risk. So when that blew up, I was there like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I had like 400 DMs. I was like, okay, like, like I've done something here. Mm. I, I, I don't know what that means. I haven't figured it out yet. Mm. I did another thread on, on the Lifetime ISA because that was mm. coming in. So okay. we wanted to know, okay, so how does that work? Which one should I get? Did that. And I was like, okay, cool. This is also done numbers. So, okay. People were saying, oh, you should start a YouTube channel. I said, no, 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 no. I don't have time. I didn't want to show my face as well. I was yeah. like, no, no, no. It's not for me right now. And then someone suggested a podcast. I said, audio only. Like, I could do that. Mm. I think I could do a podcast. So between, from deciding I want to do a podcast mm. to actually launching a podcast mm. was about a week or two. It wasn't okay, a long very quick. gap. Yeah. So I had quick. found a studio. Yeah. Which was actually the Guap Studios. Okay. Who were just open. And I say that because they're very integral to my growth yeah. as well. Okay. So I decided to go there, even though it was like halfway across the world, it felt like. Mm-hmm. I live in East London, <laughs> it was like halfway across the world. But I was Can like, cool. I went there. <laughs> yeah. 
And I remember going there and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I recorded my podcast episode with no name, by the way. Yeah. I hadn't decided. You haven't decided a name. Recorded, okay. recorded an episode Man. without a name. I said, I'll edit in afterwards. Yeah. Then I remember walking home and I was there playing with, I, was like, I need a good saying. I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, making money. I was like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, what's a good saying when it comes to money? I said, look after the pennies and the pounds, look after you. I said, pennies, pennies to pounds. Okay. And I Googled it and I was like, oh my gosh, like, no one's actually, I can use this name. Yeah. And then I went home. Bearing in mind, I, I floated a lot of names to my dad. Yeah. He didn't like any of them. When I came, to, <laughs> when I came with pennies to pounds, I remember he stood there. He's like, hmm. Yeah. And I was the only one he agreed on. I said, that's the name. That's the name I'm going with. So mm. then I've got someone that I knew from Twitter to create me um, a logo. He did it in like three days. Wow. As soon as I had that, I released the first episode and the rest was history. Wow. You yeah. turned around very quickly. Very. The thing is, when you mm. have social media virality, mm. you can't, sit down and wait yeah i knew that true. i was buzzing at that moment mm. and everyone's looking at me for financial stuff mm. i can't say in a month's time i might release a podcast yeah i've got to do it now i've got to kind of capitalize on this buzz yeah so i said this has to be the quickest turnaround very, ever. like it has to be point. done yeah and that's what i did wow so i guess one of my questions i'm thinking is you know you said that you feel like you were always an entrepreneur where, where do you feel like that came from because not everybody would just do something about it some people I, would have been oh yeah okay cool yeah. i'll just do another tweet but some people wouldn't have executed further than that i, I don't care. do you know what? i actually don't know because my parents taught me a lot about money but mm. they're not what i call entrepreneurs okay so they taught me how to manage the money once you made it mm. and all of that stuff but they never were really like that i mean to be fair they used to sell a lot on ebay like they, they were one of okay. the pioneers you know when ebay was like yeah, oh, yeah they, they used okay, to do that so to be fair like, like in that sense yeah, they, they did side hustles okay, in that sense cool, cool. and then i had my first business when i was nine Okay, so you've always been yeah, into business. Yeah, always, okay, so you've I've had your first that. business at nine. What was it? Uh, my mum, over summer, taught me how to knit. So I went uh, in and I told everyone, guys, you want a scarf? It's getting chilly. Yeah. Tell me what <laughs> colour you want. I'm by the wall. And yeah, so they told me what colour. Yeah. I sold it for a pound. They give me a pound. Okay. My mum would take me to the shop. Yeah. Buy whatever colour if I didn't have it at home. Yeah. And then I'll do my homework. After homework, yeah. I'm going to sit there and knit, knit the scarf. So you were always interested in business. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was me. But you don't know where it came from. It's just an interest. No, no I guess like, like so my parents did that side hustle, but I don't yeah, think it was necessarily it was them, that, yeah. that really, I wow. think it was just in me, honestly. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So, okay. So, okay. You obviously you released the podcast. It did crazy numbers. I think yes. it was like, I think I remember 50,000 downloads in your first six First months. six months. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think was behind that success of that? Because that's crazy. I, I, it's <laughs> crazy. Mad. It's yeah. crazy. I think it was highlighting that there's an, issue people okay. want to learn this information mm. and there isn't a source yeah that looks like someone that they want to learn from yeah i feel like I know what you mean, yeah. obviously there's places like you and i now mm. who are there but prior to that it's middle-aged white men yeah if you're someone who's grown up in an urban area you've grown up in newham like me i'm not gonna listen to middle-aged white men what, yeah. what do you know about True. financing from from me like yeah. you know what i mean like you don't know what that looks like mm. growing up in newham or growing up in mm. london or whatever that looks like yeah now, when I've come along and I've mm. said, hey, guys, I'm 21, <laughs> but I know a thing or two about finance. Like, let's talk about finance. Yeah, let's just talk about that. How, yeah. how do you grow your savings? Trust me, you need to save, you know? Yeah. Now you're like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I'm listening to her because she actually gets me. She's yeah. actually a uni and she gets me. Yeah. So I think that was probably part of it that I look like a lot of people who listen to the podcast or I have a similar upbringing or similar background to yeah. people who listen to the podcast. And even people yeah. who may be completely different to me, mm. it's still a breath of fresh air to yeah. learn from someone like that. I agree. I think I think it's important. I think having the status quo, we've got to change it. Yeah, you I mean, it can't to, be yeah. the same, right? Like, no. can't be the same messages. And also as well, hearing it from a younger perspective as it's, well, right? Your take on things from your point of view, coming from where you're coming from. Do you exactly. know what I mean? I think, it, like you said, it's refreshing. I think so. So I've got this question, right? So obviously you went viral, did the podcast, right? And you were still working at Apple, yes. right? How are you kind of balancing the two? Did you say in your mind, okay, cool, I want to go full time with this. I want to actually turn this into a business. Or were you just seeing where it, where it was going? I was seeing where it could go. Okay. I didn't know if you could make money from it. Okay. I mean, the only proof that we had hmm. that this could be a viable business was Martin Lewis at the time. Yes, yes, yes. Everyone else, there wasn't even massive content creators in that space. Yeah. Or you didn't know if they're actually making money. Were yeah. they just doing this because they were passionate about it? Yeah. So money wasn't necessarily the first reason I started. I started because yeah. I had a passion. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. 
right, I need to, I need to keep growing. Mm. And my main platform at the time was Twitter. Yeah. So what I would do is I was working at Apple Friday to Monday. Mm. So every week, Friday to Monday, I'd come down from uni. Obviously, I've got uni. I think I had uni Tuesday to Thursday. Mm. So Sunday, Monday, even though I was working Sunday, it was a short shift. Yeah. Those are my times. So I would spend Sunday morning and part of Monday mm. scheduling my tweets for the rest of the week. Oh, sir. So okay. I'd be posting five, six times a day. Mm. But I'm not posting. I've sat mm. down and I spent hours scheduling all mm. my tweets. So every two hours I'm posting something. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. something. Here's a link to this. Here's a link to that. So it looks like we're constantly active. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, I think that was very pivotal to my initial growth and getting okay. the podcast out there and really okay. kind of doing the thing. That's and I wasn't crazy. sure what I was going to do with it. Yeah. But I said, let me at least just grow that mm. I can have options. Mm. And then me going full time was off the back of I had some brands reach out to me. And mm. I was like, okay, cool. Like, there's money here. I didn't mm-hmm. know there's money here, mm-hmm. but maybe this is a viable thing. Yeah. And I remember telling my dad that I was going to leave my secure, stable job mm. to go to this risky thing that we don't even know if you can actually make a living from. Yeah. And I knew my dad is not the one to <laughs> to really say, go and risk it. So yeah. I had saved up six months worth okay. of expenses. And I'd gone to my dad and I said, right, I'm going to resign. You're not going to agree, but I'm resigning. And I said to him, I've got six months worth saved up. And Apple say to you, within six months, you can come back without having to interview again. So I knew I've got that contingency plan. If after month four, I really tell you this is not going to work, I can walk back into Apple and my job's still there. Yeah. So I said, I owe it to myself to give it six months. And my dad was like, okay, cool. And after six months, if it doesn't work, you go back in. And I remember I did that. I was working. I wasn't too sure in those six months. And I remember resigning from Apple. They're like, you really going to go? You're like, are you making money from this? And I was like... I believe in me. You mm. don't need to believe in me. I do. Mm. And let me tell you something. On month six, yeah. my same Apple store called me back to deliver a podcast workshop for them. Really? Yeah. And oh. I was like, if this isn't a full circle moment, I don't know what is. That's wow. And that was confirmation on the last month where I was like, yeah. I need to f- see, is this worth it? Yeah. That happened in month six. And I said, yeah. That is, is crazy. So the same... <laughs> Crazy! Can you imagine Crazy. the same company you're leaving? It's like, yeah, can you can, can you come can back and come do and pay you? today yeah. Apple session? <laughs> crazy! It's honestly so crazy. That is wow! I told yeah. you destiny, right? It sounds like destiny. Yeah, I think that's, so. I have that's to agree. crazy. I have to agree. So okay, so you talked touch on an important thing: brands, right? Working with brands, right? Was it in the case when you were starting off earlier? Was it you reaching out, or were they reaching out to to you? What was uh, that like? So I think you know? initially around the the first three six month buzz they were reaching out to me yeah and then after that it was a lot of okay cool Kia, who you want to reach okay. out to who do you want to work with because you mm-hmm. actually got to be proactive but a lot of this information came it's not out there really no one no, really tells not, you no. No. Yeah. and i mentioned them earlier but guap the guap boys ibrahim mm-hmm. and jade they were so key to mm-hmm. me in the beginning because i'd come every week mm-hmm. and i was just like wide-eyed girl just like i'm just having fun podcasting <laughs> and they were like but Kia, and i'd come to him and be like oh my gosh this brand's reached out to me like, yeah. I'm just going to charge him like 100 pounds. They're like, huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah. And I'm like, but that's, that's, that's great money. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 And they would sit me down and yeah. write me out templates and send wow. this email for me and say like, okay, you need to put this here. I've sent it mm. to you, go and send that. Yeah. And they were really giving me step by step because I didn't know. Yeah. They've been in the game for four years at that point. Mm-hmm. I've just started. I, yeah. I'm 21. I don't know how to work with brands. Yeah. This is all new to me. I'm yeah. just like, 200 pounds is great. That's great yeah. money. It's crazy because, like you said, right? Like it's it's great money because we all post content for free anyway. Yeah. So if somebody's paying you, you're like, yeah, why not? Like that. what? Yeah, seriously. And they'll be like, no, 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 <laughs> Kia, you are not doing that. So I'll forever like thank those boys because they really, really did help me. That's that's amazing. What what did you uh, like about working with brands, and what don't you like about working with brands? I like that I'm able to work with quite a lot of brands that either mm. I organically share so it's great obviously to be paid for something you mm-hmm. share for free anyway yeah and i like to work with brands who were running campaigns that i actually believe in or okay. i feel like are going to be impactful to my audience i worked yeah. on a number of campaigns that i'm like this is actually going to hit home or i've had mm. people come back to me and say that was so good mm-hmm. i really needed that information i'm yeah. like that's great because mm. i think sometimes people who aren't content creators have this perception that yeah. oh, i was an ad that's nothing but a yeah. lot of times we take ads because we believe in the brand mm-hmm. and or the campaign is impactful it's, yeah. it's beneficial so i like that the flip side, what mm. I don't always enjoy is sometimes 
you're not necessarily working with the brand directly, you're working with the agency. Okay. So right, because okay. you have that middleman, mm. there can be delays in relaying information. Mm-hmm. So I've had it before, maybe I've shared content for approval and they haven't shared it in time. So the brand saying, well, she didn't share it in time. So blah, blah, I don't, bro, you had it on time. They just didn't share it with you. So take it up with them. Or Gosh. some of the things get lost in, lost in translation. I'm mm. like, if I could just speak to them directly and ask them what they want, not what yeah. you think it should be. I think that's, it's more the middleman element is what I don't okay. enjoy. Okay. Because agencies sometimes have one way within the brand didn't yeah. want that. I've, I've had that before. I'm like, so why did this happen? And the brand's like, we didn't do this. Mm. And you find it's an agency who did that. I'm like, this is just, I get <sighs> it because they're outsourcing it for them, for the brand. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. But sometimes the wrong agency just doesn't work. And that can be, leave a sour taste in your mouth when you're working on a campaign. It's like, this wasn't yeah. fun. And it, I feel like it should be fun to, yeah. to a certain degree. I, I agree. I think it should be fun, right? Like, that's that's the point of us doing it. Oh, yeah, okay, of course, there's payment. But yeah. you, you should enjoy it. You, you should, should enjoy, enjoy what, it, you're, right? what you're creating in that process, I think. Yeah, it's a creative process and you want to enjoy the creative process. It's exactly. not like, you know. So, obviously, now your brand is massive. You must get so many opportunities. How do you decide what's, like, the right one for you? Because you must be getting left, right, center, all these opportunities. Obviously, some small ones, some big mm-hmm. ones. How do you decide what's right for you? I think it's easier when it's brand campaigns okay because you can read through the brief that the brand sends you yeah and that tells you everything that you need to know they'll mm. tell you okay cool we're trying to convey like i look for the top line key messages what are you trying to convey with this campaign mm-hmm. at the end of it my, my content should leave the viewer with what yeah and then after that i look and see because sometimes brands say you can't mention this you can't do that you can't do that can't do that can't do that <laughs> and it's like this is too long and it's too hefty and i feel like it's going to restrict my creativity yeah I'm not interested. Yeah. Like, I'm, I might still ask them, okay, cool, but if I have this idea, would you approve that? If you say, mm, it's not within the scope, I'm not interested. Okay. Because I don't feel like I should be restricted in my creativity because as creators, mm. we know our audience better than the brands. Mm-hmm. The brands 100%. have a certain target that they want to meet mm. and they're like, no, but it needs to be like this. And I'm like, okay, cool, but I'm telling you that within the first three seconds, mm. my, my followers Such will not take it. Yeah. And I've had some brands who insist mm. and I'm like, Cool, let's do it your way. Mm. And what does the content do? Mm. It tanks. Okay. And I'm like, I don't know whose fault that is because yeah. I told you it wasn't yeah. going to work. Yeah. And the brands who let me have fruitful creativity, I use, yeah. I've done it once or twice to let that brand know mm. that didn't work. And I always use it as a case study to other brands. Like, if you're not going to let me have full reign, this is what's going to happen to your content. Yeah. And the ones that I've done well, I've just like, I've, I've had ones that, that have grown like organic content mm. because they've allowed me to create the content how I think it's good. Because I always think if you're going to do sponsored content, mm. it should still provide some sort of value. Yeah, 100%. Like I did a piece of sponsored content, which was for a car company, mm. but I literally gave tips. The whole video was given useful tips mm. to manage a and car. This, and in the last 15 yeah. seconds was just yeah. the brand. Yeah. Because I still believe in the brand, mm. but it, I don't think every ad needs to be, hey, you love this phone? <laughs> this is what this phone is. It can just be... I'm giving you useful tips and at the end, oh, this is the company. People look more like to take it in. Yeah. And also I have a list of like spaces that I won't work in. Like there's yeah. certain things that I just won't okay. take. If they're a brand in a certain space, I may not do it depending yeah. on what they're looking to push and what their okay. messaging is. So yeah. I have created the, those kind of values that yeah. I want pennies to pounds okay. to create content around. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. Wow. That's 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 good. I was thinking actually some about something, right? The pressure of being a content creator. Yes. Yes. How yes. do you deal with that pressure? Do you feel pressure? Because, you know, sometimes what can happen, right? Obviously you've you've come to a place where where obviously you started to now you're here yeah. and now your expectation's there now. Yeah. It's not the expectation of the beginning where, oh my God, this is crazy. Like yeah. what, whatever the views is, mm-hmm. whatever, right? It's like starry eyed. But now it's like, okay, why am I not hitting the same numbers? Yeah. How, how do you deal with that? I think I realized that things fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes content not always doing numbers or not landing yeah. is necessarily me. It could just be the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be that the first three seconds weren't great and we need mm-hmm. a better hook. It could be anything. And I realized not, it's not, a reflection on me because mm. if you let yourself get too caught up in numbers yeah. when you're doing great you now feel related and mm. when a video has only done 20 likes for example mm. on tiktok <laughs> you're now like well i feel like trash now because yeah. no one liked it yeah but sometimes it's not about that yeah. yeah so i think i'm very much removed from the numbers okay i don't look at the numbers too tough i'm like okay cool you posted a video okay cool that did well oh mm. whoa i'm like oh that did well mm. some of them i'm like okay cool that's fine and some of them sometimes they pick up 
three weeks later and mm. now all of a sudden you've got loads of likes for a video mm. you posted three weeks ago mm. and I'm like oh okay cool <laughs> but I think once you remove yourself from the numbers I used to get so caught up right at the beginning yeah. at numbers and following and this and that that when it wasn't going my way or when things weren't working out I'd be so upset mm. and it's so damaging to your mental health mm. if you allow yourself to almost I was almost placing my worth against the likes and mm. the numbers and the followers and all of this. And if I saw things drop, then I'm not good enough anymore. Mm. And my content isn't great anymore. What am I doing wrong? And that's mm. nothing to do with that. Yeah. So I think that's how I have to remove myself from it. That's good. You you said something really important there, honestly. Like, yeah, uh, your likes on Instagram, or any social media, retweets or whatever, isn't, it doesn't equate to your self-worth. Because like you said, it's up and nothing. down. Exactly. One minute it could be 20 Next week, it could be 2,000 likes. It's just the nature of the game. That's it. That's <laughs> it. And if you allow yourself to be attached to it, you're yeah. always going to allow yourself to be hurt by yeah. it as well. So I just don't wow. do it. That's such, that's such a great tip. Obviously, you also work on TV. Okay. Well, you did. I don't, do you still doing TV right now? Um, I haven't, I haven't done TV this year yet. Okay. I haven't done. Are you planning to? Of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're going to yeah. talk about the restoration. <laughs> but you did a Channel 4 series. I did. Money on My Mind. Yes. How did that come about and walk us through the experience? So, Channel 4. For context, I've had a few different casting calls with different channels before. So, okay. that wasn't my first one. Mm-hmm. One was meant to happen. It didn't happen because of lockdown. So, I was a bit like, oh, that's a shame. I was really looking forward to mm-hmm. that one. I've had a few others. And I think because of the one that happened, that was meant to happen during lockdown and didn't happen. And I got so down about that one. I was so excited mm, to do TV and then okay. that didn't happen. That when I had other casting calls, I didn't really... You just didn't... I did a casting call and after that, I put it to back of my mind. I'm not thinking about it again. If it yeah. happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm not mm. getting upset because I knew how much that one upset me. Mm. So then it was the same thing. In January of 2022, mm-hmm. I had an email from, uh, you know, the... What are they called? The production company who okay. were doing... Money in my mind. Say, yeah. oh, hey, Kia, we just want to have a little call with you, blah, blah. I said, yeah, cool. Come. Went on a call for like 20 minutes. And they're like, yeah, we love you. I'm like, yeah. I was like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I was like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, sure. Thank you. And I forgot about it. And I was, I had taken um, a part-time job working for this event space company, mm. just doing a social media. It wasn't really anything for any reason. They needed someone. Mm. I was like, oh, I guess I could manage it around Penny's Pounds. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, I was still full-time. I was like, mm. I guess I could manage it around mm. it. And I'd only been there for a month. Okay. And it wasn't my plan, my plan to leave so soon. I think I was going to leave after about six months. It wasn't mm. meant to be after a month. And then one random day in April, it was like a Friday. I remember this vividly. It was mm. a Friday evening. Hadn't heard from Channel 4 at all. Mm. Didn't even remember them. <laughs> I literally forgot I did the casting call. And I'd finished my work there. I remember packing up my stuff, getting in my car, about to drive home. And I get an email come through. And I hadn't even checked the email. And then E-Man... Emmanuel mm. called me and I said, why is he man calling me for? Mm. Picked up the call first. He said, sis, you shut your email. I said, what are you talking? I said, Emmanuel, energy. Why is energy there? It's a Friday evening. Where's the energy from? Mm. He said, you check your email. He said, check your email and call me back. I said, what are you talking about? Check my email. So congratulations, Kia. Um, you've been cast for money in my mind. We're about to start recording on Monday. I said, it's Friday. <laughs> they said, crazy. Monday, can you come to, and it was somewhere far. What? Are you free to come here? I said, huh? And then my manager called me and said, Kia, you're, you're recording a show in three days. I, said, I called Emmanuel and said, Emmanuel, what's going on? We're recording for... I went to Birmingham. That was the first day. I said, we're, I'm, we're going to Birmingham on Monday. He said, yeah, you're going to get your stuff ready. We're, we're going to record a TV show. And it was like mind boggling. I'm actually crazy. going to record a TV show with Channel yeah. 4 yeah. for the next four to five months. We're recording a show. And it was just like insane. That's, Absolutely insane. That's crazy. That's how it, that's how it happened. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I told you destiny. <laughs> crazy it's so crazy honestly did not see it coming but it was such a great experience wow 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 and okay so okay so you did the tv thing how did you how did you find it do you enjoy it because it sounds like you want to do more of it so tv what i will say if you're someone who's interested in getting into tv yeah it's a lot okay in the sense of when you're on tv you're viewed as a talent. So mm. we are the on-screen talent. Yeah. So there's three of us who are on-screen, not including the contributors, who mm. are the people, in this case, yeah. who are the people that we're helping in each episode. So they're yeah. the contributors. But you, we, there's free talent. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at, if you're talking about like the crew members, there's probably about 40, yeah. 50 people on set. So you got, it's, it's massive. 40, 50 people just looking at you. Just staring at you. Yeah. When it's time to, to record, everyone's, everyone's looking at you. 
everyone's looking Were you at you. Nervous so at any of those oh, in the first episode, I was yeah. so nervous. You, you yeah. get you ease into it. You're yeah. kind of used to it. Okay. But in the first one, it was scary, and because mm. it was sponsored by a brand as well, mm. the brand was there. They sent their reps down. <laughs> they were just like, "What? They were just there. yeah. You better perform. Oh. <laughs> you better perform. You know." <laughs> but there was there were scary moments because the brand was there and they had their reps, hey. and then we'd be talking. And then I remember there was one point they'd be like, "Okay, stop mid sentence." And then you see them whisper. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I say wrong? Like, they stopped a mile and what did I say wrong? Blah, blah. And then, like, the, the director come over to me and say, Kia, can you say this in this way? And I was like, did I say something wrong? And like, no, 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 no. And then you get to find out that this is just how TV works. Like, it's okay. nothing to do with you. Maybe it's just the brand wants to convey a different message. It's not okay. actually how you delivered it. But obviously, you get into your head to think, yeah. I said something wrong. They didn't like the way I said something. Yeah. It wasn't that. Okay. But it's, it's a lot because there's so many eyes on you. Mm. If you get something wrong, We've now all got to stop and we've yeah. all got to start again. You don't want that. You want to be the one okay. that's messed up that we've now got to do it again. Yeah. But then you just you just get used to it. Like I said, episode one was a lot of learning and mm. I found it very overwhelming, if I'm honest. Mm. And I did let the, the production team know that it's very overwhelming just because it's a brand new experience. Mm. But then episodes two to six, they're a breeze. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're it was fun. great. Like you stand in front of the camera and we'd yeah. be joking around and say, okay, we're about to record. Like, yep. Okay. Ready? And we just say our lines. And wow. Yeah. How, was, was it a lot of memorization? It wasn't really memorizing. It was kind of like, they they want you to say stuff in your own words. So they they kind of say, okay, cool. What tips would you give for this? And I'll I'll say like, I'll say this, 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 based on the situation. It's like, okay, cool. So with this, can you make sure you include that? Boom, boom, boom. But say in your own way. So we we know the kind of things that need to be in our answers. Yeah. But you can kind of say it how you want. So when you watch it back, you'll see there's certain bits. I'm like... Really did that? Like, you no, know, you shouldn't have done it because it's in our own words. And even with Eman, he'd be like, no, 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 none of that. Yeah. Because they want us to say certain things, but however yeah. you'd usually deliver okay. it. Okay. Wow. That's, it sounds like such an interesting experience for growth. So it sounds nerve wracking, yeah. but it sounds amazing. It was so cool. I've, I've never been to so many places. Like, we, we've filmed in a different location every time. Really? So I went all around the UK. Mm to record the show. Like they, they so call us and be like, oh yeah, in four days time, we're going to go to Glasgow. Okay. We're flying to Glasgow. I'm like, okay, I better pack up myself because we're mm-hmm. going to fly to Glasgow. Or like, yeah, you're going to Wales. We went yeah. to Birmingham. We went everywhere. You just pack up your stuff and go and record and that's what we're doing. It was, it was really wow. fun though. It was very fun. That's crazy. Very fun. Okay, so I've got an interesting question for you. You might not know the answer to this, right? What is your dream? Is this even the right question to ask? What's your dream show? Or what's the dream show that you would create for yourself if you were to star in it? If I was starring it. Yeah. Because so you said you want to be in TV, right? Yeah, so, I do. Yeah. I do, what, I do. Would it, what are the dreams? You can ponder on it. Okay, no. So so I know what I'd want to be on. So this mm. necessarily isn't a dream. Yeah. If I'm talking about what's really out there, if I was to be on something, mm-hmm. I said, whack me on the circle. Circle? Whack me on the Isn't circle. that a dating show? No. Sorry, uh, you see, I'm not on. The circle is a social media, like everyone's locked into that like, their own little flat. Yeah. And it's a social media thing where mm. you're all on this social media and you can pick who you can be. So I could go in the circle and be Kia. Oh, I could pretend to be Atto. Okay. And I my picture. And it's the person who basically can deceive everyone. Not necessarily deceive. You might go as yourself. Yeah. But the person who, who's the most liked, essentially, okay. will win. I don't know how much it is. 25K, 50K. Something like uh, that. But I just feel like it'd be such a good experience that yeah. I feel like I've got such a good personality that that would come across really well okay. in a circle. So just just as a like joke reality TV show, that's probably okay. what I you would might do. get contacted. I'll tell you what. Hey, I'll, I will that learn that. I will learn that. I can't lie. I will, the circle. I feel like I, I'll be in my element with the circle, and I would definitely not be myself. I'm yeah. Myself. But <laughs> if I'm talking about like a dream show that I'd mm. want to be on, um, I'm not sure. You know, I I feel like I really want to be a host. Okay, a host. I can see you doing that. Thank you. I feel like yeah. I I could be really fun host. Like mm. I don't want to be on the show, but like. Something like Love Island, not Love Island. I don't want to be on Love Island. Okay. But like just a host of a mm. show. I just want to give a little bit of banter. And I'd be like, yeah, bro, what, what happened there? Come on, talk me through that one. What, what were you thinking, bro? You know what I mean? I want to be, yeah. I want to be the host. I yeah. really want to help bring shows together. Because when we think about I use Love Island because a lot mm. of people watch it. But when you think about it, people have a lot of critique for whoever hosts it. Because mm. that helps to tie everything together. There's things yeah. that happen in, in the villa. Mm. People leave the villa. Mm. And you need the host to bring everything together. Yeah. Like we have... You know, vo- the the Ian Sterling who does the voiceover yeah. and that brings together when you're watching yeah. it. Yeah. So I really would love to just be a host for like okay. a really sick show. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're putting it out there. We're putting, we're putting it, out. it out there. It's gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, you've had another amazing collaboration recently with Offspring and Night. Yes. That's crazy. So okay, first Apple, first lot Channel Four, all these <laughs> on one, and then look, this I don't even should I even say this? Nike is probably the father of trainers. Let's be oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. 
how did that opportunity happen? Honestly, that's crazy. It it was crazy to me. I remember it was very covert. This was like end of September. <laughs> yeah, it was um this this woman I know, she messaged me and she said, Hey Kia, just just asking, do you like trainers? I said, Yeah. And she's like, Okay, cool. And she didn't reply to me for hours. I said, random. But I forgot okay. about it. I carried on my day. Yeah. And then she's like, hmm, are you free next week? Friday and Saturday? <laughs> this yeah. person is being there yeah. for you, bro. I was just like, okay, cool. I'll be back in a bit. I said, okay. So that, that's when I started thinking, what's going on? And then she's like, can I have your number, please? I said, what? <laughs> what? I said, I said, to her, I literally, I literally said, are you setting me up? <laughs> that's why I replied, I said, are you setting me up? And she's like, I said, no, I'm going to get my, my manager to speak to you. I said, okay, cool. Gave him my number. They didn't call that same day. I was thinking, what's going on? Mm. Then the manager called the next day and was like, hey, Kia, I know we've been very um, secretive. Sorry. I still can't tell you anything yet. But, um, and she asked me a few more questions about me. She's like, oh, like, do you actually like trainers? Because I don't really do many full body photos. So mm. they're like, we're looking for your Instagram. We can't see your feet. I said, no, I have loads of trainers. I just don't mm. really take full bodies. And she's like, okay, cool. Anyway, a couple of days later, then they finally said, we've got a campaign with Nike. They love you and they want you to be the Nike and offspring mark maker wow for 2022 what does mark maker mean so way? they they yeah. every i think it was sneakers offspring mm. and size okay partnered with nike mm. and each one of those brands mm. picked someone to be their mark maker who they feel like is making oh. their mark a black creative because oh. it was during black history month that's who they amazing. feel like is making their mark on the community in what that's they're doing big. so they Offspring and Nike had picked me to be the Offspring mm-hmm. mark maker. Congratulations, by Thank the way. That's you. amazing. I mean, I mean, I said it at the time, but yeah, no, again, I again, you. again yeah. that is big. That so is they big. had picked me. So obviously, we that's why they asked if I was free to go and do the campaign shoot. So it was yeah. a two day shoot, and then yeah, after that, it was a flurry of events. I had to go to. I say I had to go to. Like I didn't want to go. I would have gone for free. I can't lie to you. I would have just <laughs> just just put me on the list and I would have come. But obviously, it's part of what I was doing. I had to yeah. attend these events, but it was sick. My pictures were in Nike Town. We had amazing. loads of events for it it was incredible yeah that's wow okay okay i've got this question i didn't even actually have it on my list but i was thinking because you had so many opportunities what would you say of all of these things was like the most important to you of all these opportunities and why nike nike okay why nike not just because of it being nike Mm. i think i remember actually at some point i don't remember when but i remember crying Mm. on that campaign Mm just because of the gravity. And I remember speaking to the agency who were like the intermediaries for this campaign. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting them down and I was like, I'm crying because it's overwhelming. Like when I told you, you know, the Channel 4 shoot had like 40 mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. This shoot had like a hundred people. I'm not even joking. Like okay. I, I'm not even exaggerating. There's a hundred people on that set. Mm-hmm. And that, that in itself is overwhelming. When you've yeah. got three talent, only three of us in front of the camera and mm-hmm. there's like a hundred people milling around mm-hmm. and everyone's asking you, okay, you're good. Can I get you anything? Yeah. That's overwhelming in itself. Mm-hmm. But it, in a good way, which is like, whoa, you need to get yeah. used to that. But I think I cried because I said, I just started this as a passion. Mm. Obviously making money is a bonus, helps me to grow Mm. the business and grow everything. But to be recognized on such a massive scale Mm. by a brand that I never thought would ever be able to cross over in what I do is massive. And there was an event that we did with Offspring. They do their Sunday discussions every Sunday, like on their Instagram. And then they did the first ever in-person event. And that was my event. I was wow. the headline for that event because of this campaign. Wow. And obviously we had the other panelists where we did like an amazing talk, but it was Kia and Offspring, Meet the Mark Maker. And then we were having these other discussions and people had won tickets, people begging to come for the first ever Offspring mm. event. And that was for me. And I remember That's saying crazy. that, I said, this is just very overwhelming, but in a great way that I'm able to have this platform and they've given me this platform and believed in me yeah. to do that. And to have my, my family there, they, my family never really get to come and see me talk mm. or do anything. And I had my my dad and brother in the audience. Wow. And they were in awe. I, I heard from other people that my brother was going around and saying, yeah, my sister's sick, innit? Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, he never told me that. <laughs> but he's telling you, man, in this event. But oh, even just real. that, even my dad was there yeah. taking pictures of me. He was just like smiling from ear to ear, yeah. seeing me actually in my element. And see, he's like, everyone is here for my daughter mm. in this room. And I think that was a very overwhelming experience. In a good wow, way. that's yeah. crazy. That's I can imagine it as well. Like, yeah. I can imagine it because you're very, you're very humble um you know you're very level-headed you're very down to earth so i can understand for real like why you're like oh my god like what's going on man i just like it was a lot you know like oh my god what's it was a lot like bad (laughs) yeah oh gosh it was crazy very crazy why do you think you've been successful oh 
Oh, good mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm. I my initial success mm-hmm. was born out of the need of something that wasn't out there mm. as accessibly. Like, like we needed financial education. Yeah, there were places. I'm not saying there wasn't prior mm-hmm. to to me coming in, but I feel like it wasn't as mainstream wasn't as in your face like mm-hmm. a lot of people will say oh my gosh i'm looking for someone in finance a lot yeah. of people still tag pennies pounds because i feel like i really pushed like this is who we are yeah and i think since then i have tried as much as i can to stay true to myself and the initial beliefs and why i started pennies pounds and then even just myself like i've mm-hmm. started to grow my own personal platform yeah. and i think a lot of people say we love your energy and we love you and this is that and i think it's i've within my nature i think when you so I like to do this myself when I talk to people. I like mm. to see their upbringing. Because I think a lot of where people are today, you can mm. see elements of that in their upbringing. Mm-hmm. And I think this was going to come in some way, shape or form, like yeah. you said. Like I started my first business at nine. Then in school, I was selling cookies and donuts. Then in sixth form, I was selling hair products. I shipped them over from the US and I wow. sell them in the UK. Like that was me. I was just a hustler and a go-getter. So when I saw that, I said, yeah, this is, yeah, mm. this is going to do well. Yeah. And people tell me otherwise, you just don't know. <laughs> it's going to do well. And that's that's literally what I sat on. And even to this day, I'm like, this is going to be yeah. a massive name. Mm. Hun- hands is. down. Hands down. This is what's going to happen. And it is. So thank you. Amazing. Yeah. So that's what I think. So in your, obviously in your path to success, yes. obviously there's obstacles on the way. What has been like some of the biggest obstacles for you and how have you overcome them? I think they're combined. I think my biggest obstacle, which I don't think... It's such an obstacle now, but mm-hmm. definitely was right at the beginning. Was my age, okay, my gender, interesting, and my race. Mm. I think those three combined kind of puts me on on the bottom of the totem pole. Mm. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm a I started at twenty one, so I was a twenty one year old black female from inner East London. Mm. It really put me at the bottom, and I knew that there was a problem when I'd walk into rooms that some of my white counterparts have walked into. And I'm being questioned about my qualification. I'm being questioned about how do you know that? Mm. I'm mm. like, but I know you didn't ask mm. my white counterparts. Then I I know for a fact mm. you didn't ask that. But yeah, you're asking me, and I have the exact same qualifications mm. as as they do. But now I'm being questioned harder mm. because I'm young. And like, you're 21. How do you know that? Mm. I'm speaking I'm, like I might go on radio with someone who's 45, and they're like, speaking to 21 year old who's telling me stuff that I don't know. Now, nah. how do you know that? You sure it's wow. right? And I'm like, but Google it then. Um, if I'm wrong, tell me. <laughs> but I'm not wrong, so mm. it doesn't really matter how old I am or that I'm a woman. Because mm. a lot of there's a lot of guys who are like, I'm not learning about finance from a woman. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> then don't. That's that's fine. I'm not begging you to learn it from me. <laughs> and then now I'm black. And they're like, well, you must not, not have money. How do you have money? You know what I mean? It's, it's all mm. these stereotypes. I'm not saying everyone had that, but yeah. I know that there were certain obstacles that I had to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've done a pretty good job at that. And now I believe in holding the door open people yeah. after me because i know how hard it was to even get that door open 100 so now i'm wedging 100%. my foot in and saying anyone who wants to come up <laughs> after me or is is on my level and wants you know i mean a little intro i can mm. give you that intro because i know how hard it was for me to even get into that door yeah. and be respected in yeah. this industry yeah i was really I was like, 21 i was like nah you're gonna respect me i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> you are because I, I was thinking brands you guys are trying to beg for the gen z mm. and i've literally just rallied the troops mm that you've been trying to do for the past five years and you still can't connect with them. Mm-hmm. So you are going to put respect to my name. Yeah. That is a given. 100%. And I think it was just me being very headstrong and very confident that yeah. they were like, okay, cool. Like, fine. We can't really... Yeah. I mean, you can if you want to. You can still judge me. I'm not begging yeah. to come on your platform. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I think that's what I'd say. Wow. That's, that's so interesting, actually. I didn't think about the aspect of you being young and it being about money. The black and woman, I, we know that. Yeah, I, I knew, yeah. I knew, that, I knew that, would, that might probably be like an obstacle but I didn't think about the young part yeah because actually. I was so young because actually it is an old industry when you think it about is. it right traditionally it is. and no one wants to hear yeah. can you imagine I'm sitting there telling people about pensions and they're like what yeah. do you know about pensions you're 21 yeah I'm like but this information you didn't even know about this so mm. <laughs> <laughs> just take it maybe <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> you know? that is so funny like focus on the quality of the content rather than what you think yeah. about the person that's what right? I do I remember there was a point I remember actually one time I was on radio mm. and then one of the hosts said, but you're so young. Like, what do you know about? I mean, he literally said, what do you know about finance? And I remember saying to him on radio, I laughed because I didn't expect him to ask me to mm. live on air. And I said to him, has my information been correct so far? Mm. Like, like, is there anything wrong that I've said? 
And he said, no, no, no. But I said, well, <laughs> I feel like my age doesn't need to come into this conversation. I feel like my age is immaterial. Mm. I'm young, yes. I know the knowledge, yes. That's that's what that matters. Mm. And he's like, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I haven't got a response to that. And I said, no, nah, no one's going to try and call me out live on air for being young. If the information is incorrect, mm. maybe you want to put it down to yeah. my age. I didn't know. I didn't research. <laughs> if the information is correct, my age yeah. is immaterial. Yeah. Because if I was 33, mm. maybe you wouldn't say anything. But because I was 21, mm. no. I'm Because I'm 25 now. Yeah. If you try and ask me, oh, you're only 25. I'll say, okay. Mm. <laughs> and I've been in this industry almost four years. So yeah. what? It doesn't make a difference about my age, does it? That's wild. You know what's crazy? I'm wondering, where's the confidence? Because that is, you're confident, clearly, right? Because for you to answer it back, like, what? So what? Did yeah, I, did I, I, call me was out I, wrong? I don't was like I wrong? that. I don't like that. No, I don't like it either. But some people might shrink. So I'm wondering, no. like, how comes you didn't shrink? And where, where does that confidence come from? And how can, you know, because I'm, what I'm trying to help the listeners and watchers is to be confident in mm-hmm. yourself, right? Being confident when you say, don't let somebody try and shrink you yeah. out of your position or trick you out of your position. I think, really. I think for me, when I was in secondary school, so like year seven, year eight, I was very shy. I was mm. hard to believe now, because you see me now. <laughs> but I was very shy. Mm. And then I think it was year nine, I started watching UK comedy, so a lot of UK comedians. And I was in awe of their stage presence. They could yeah. command an audience and make them laugh pretty much on cue. And I was in awe of that. So I used to just study how they'd be, how they carry themselves. If they had people who would throw something back and say, you're terrible. And they just switch mm. it into a joke. And I was like, I'm in awe of that. How would you manage to do that? So I used to just study how they'd do all that. And then when I got to a certain point, I used to do drama classes when I was like about 11, 12. And then I got back into it when I was in sixth form. I was in a play. And I put myself in a very uncom- uncomfortable position. I managed to get a lead role. Okay. Uncomfortable. So not only not only am I acting, I was acting as a man, and I had to do two solos. <laughs> I had to sing. I said this is very uncomfortable, but I did it because I knew. I told myself I'm going to be in more uncomfortable situations, whatever mm. path I choose. So I want to get comfortable with it now and be confident. And I'm, let me tell you something. I was not confident before I went out, but I'd walk out onto that stage and I'd be the most confident person on there. Wow. And then afterwards, people remarked how good I was. I was so confident. I had stage presence and stuff. And I just said I'm going to have to carry this later on in mm. life. And then when I got to doing what I was doing, I got on radio. I remember my dad advised me and said, look. I remember before I went to my first one, my dad said, look, you're 21. I think actually when I went to my first one, I was 20. My dad said, look, you're going on this radio show that I, I've been listening to for years. Years. And this is men who know what they're doing. And they've asked you on as a guest. They're going to look at you because you're 20. But you need to be confident. As long as you know the things are correct, you've got to carry yourself and you've got to be confident. And I thought, no, they've never called me out. And when that happened, I said, nah, this is what he's talking about. I said, mm-mm. As long as I know I'm correct. If, if you're unsure, then that's when they're going to get you because you're going to start falling. I said, I know I'm correct. So you don't need to be rude about it. But I said, am I incorrect? I made a little joke. I said, was I, was I incorrect? No. So what does it have to do with anything? We had a little joke. But I said, nah, I'm sure in it. So now, even to this day, if I know what I'm saying is true or if I know mm. what I believe is true, you cannot mm. change my mind. You can't. This is what I believe in. Mm. And I know it. And that's it. And I, I just think... If you believe in yourself and you believe in what you're doing and the information that you're conveying, who can tell you otherwise? People can say I disagree. You're more welcome to disagree. Yeah. I'm not telling you you have to agree with me, but this is where I'm standing. And a lot of people yeah. will tell you that I'm very strong on my beliefs yeah. and you can't change my mind. That's me. I think there's something good in that though. I know some people say, oh yeah, being stubborn is bad, but I think No, but I, I, I wouldn't call myself stubborn. I'm I'm you always open to hearing the other side. So okay. if, if I hear someone's argument and I agree yeah. with that argument, I will yeah. change. Okay. But I mean, in terms of like something that I know my belief, someone could come and say, Penny's pants are trash. Mm. What you, or or like, like, I've had people say, that information was wrong. Yeah. And I'll go back and say, actually, it's correct because blah, and I can give them sites and sources. Nope, it was wrong. I say, okay, mm. sure. If you feel like that, cool, but I'm not changing my mind. Like, that's yeah. what I mean. I'm confident in that sense. Mm. But I'm always, I, I believe we need to learn from each other yeah, and I'm not 100%. always going to be correct. Yeah. So when I'm incorrect, I'll accept that and I'm mm. easy to say like, oh, you're right. I was wrong. But in stuff that I know is correct in my heart of hearts, mm. that's me. Okay. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. I've got this question, right? So, obviously, you're young. You've achieved a lot in four years, right? Yeah. How do you ensure that you stay humble and stay hungry to keep progressing? That's a really good question. I think humble... I'd like to think that, I mean, obviously, as you gain more success, Mm. naturally, we all change, right? I think that's just normal. Anyone who says that, they'll never change is a liar. Mm. But I think for me, I surround myself with my friends and family. I'm with them all the time. Like I'm, I'm at home. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm there still cleaning the bathroom at home. Mm. I'm cleaning the kitchen. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying I'm gonna hire maids to do it. This is my yard. I'm mm. still gonna clean it. 
and look after the house. So I'm, I still do everything that's normal. Yeah. But I stay hungry because I know, A, I don't want to go back to where I started. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it, but I'm just like, nah, I don't need to go back there. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do that. And um, B, I surround myself nowadays when I go out to events and stuff. If people think I'm doing well, I'm doing nothing. Mm. I'm around people who are doing so well, mm. who have got not. And just to preface, it's not about the material things that you have. It's not about mm. cars or anything. But I've seen people who are wealthy. Okay. I've seen true wealth, mm. and I've seen true success that I know I'm nowhere near it, mm. and I need to keep working harder. I'm not saying I haven't done well to this point. I absolutely have, and I'm proud of myself. But I know there's still more to go, mm. and I, like, I think sometimes some people were chasing and they're never satisfied. Mm. I know that if you left me at this point, I'd be happy. Mm. But equally, I know that I can work more. And the way I look at it as well is that I'm still young. I have no dependence. I'm not married. So this is probably the freest I'm ever going to be in life. Freest. So let me just (laughs) use it to my advantage because when those things change, my time will change and what I can give to what I'm doing will change. So I'm like, even if it's just another year, I don't know, obviously I can't predict my life. Mm. Maybe it's another year before things change. Yeah. But let me give it my all for this next year and I'm just literally going to go for it. And I'm vision board. So I see everything that I want to achieve. Yeah. Visually. It's right by my bed so I can see like, okay, cool, you want to achieve that this year. I wake up and I'm like, okay, go up. Even if it's, sometimes I'm like, I'm tired, man. Look at my visual board that. Mm. Fine, I'll get up. Yeah, I want to work towards that. Cool, I get it. So yeah, that keeps me going. That's amazing. So you talked about vision board. So what is the vision for pennies to pounds then? For this year? For the ultimate vision, yeah. Ultimate vision. Yeah. Ideally, mm-hmm. pennies to pounds will be the the go-to for the Gen Zers. Mm-hmm. I say Gen Zers, the young people. To, to learn about personal finance yeah. in a simplified manner because that's what we do in the podcast and our social channels. So it'll be, okay, cool, I want to figure out this. Maybe yeah. you're 22 and you're just coming out of uni. What do I do? I'm get my first job. How do I manage my money? Oh, I'm going to go pennies to pounds. Mm-hmm. The same way, I guess, we attribute a lot of that to like, money saving expert. Yeah. I would say that we'd be similar to them not just like them, similar to them, mm-hmm. but for the younger generation. I'm not trying to be them. Okay. They are them. And I, exactly, think, they, I, I, yeah. I think they have their role and they yeah. should stay there. I'm not yeah. trying to change that. <laughs> but I want to be similar to them. They can stay there. Yeah, look, look, but, but in a good way, I, I don't think yeah. in any competition with any of us. Yeah, 100%. But I think I just want to have my own yeah. part of the market where it's mm-hmm. for the younger people. So that's what I'm trying to work towards for pennies to pounds. Amazing. And we wish you, wish you luck Thank on the you. podcast with that. Uh, so yeah, what do you have planned next for yourself? Ooh, what do I plan next for myself? Mm. I guess on my personal platform, it's a lot about holidays. So I've okay. got quite a few holidays coming up. <laughs> I've got quite a few holidays coming up. And yeah, just, just a lot more doubling down, a lot more work. I've just got in an office space for Penny's Pounds. So you'll be seeing okay. some content coming of me nice. trying to get this all set up looking appropriate. Wow. So yeah, so cool. that's kind of just what I'm pushing forward on. Amazing, really. amazing. And where can people find you? If you want to find myself, then you can find me on Ikea. So that's I-K-E-E-Y-A-H, not like the shop. And if you want to find Pennies to Pounds, it's Pennies, I-E-S, two pounds on everything, including podcast and social channels amazing. and website. Amazing, amazing. You got a podcast as well. You've been talking about. Yes, yes, yes. You named the podcast. Yes. Okay, Pennies to Pounds. Pennies to Pounds okay, podcast, about baby. That. Pennies to Pounds podcast. Amazing. Now, it's been, it's been great chatting to you. And it's, you know what's crazy, right? You're, you, you've achieved so much by the time... I'm not even comparing it like that. No. But no. like, wow, you've achieved a lot. It's that such a young age. Yes, at such a young age. And, you know, I just just want to say I'm proud of you. Thank C- you. Keep, keep it going. Um, You know, I think you're going to be an inspiration to a lot of other young people that, you know, if you if you go for it, you can make it happen. You can definitely make it happen. Do you know happen. what I mean? Um, and, you've, and you've definitely shown that today with your story do you know what I mean like it's crazy right and your life can change just like that just it's, like that you know what like, I mean pe- like people and the maddest thing is I feel like people don't always see it as a pivotal moment for yeah you. like I remember being in the apple store on my shift and telling everyone I said you know my life's not gonna be the same after this and this mm. is Kia relax it's a viral tweet <laughs> I remember people saying Kia chill out it's just one viral tweet I said nah 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 I said you don't see what I see and that's mm. fine it's my vision not yours mm. I knew from that day onwards it's never going to be the same again. And I'm going to I'm gonna make sure mm. that it's never going to be the same again. And then that was that. That's crazy. That was that. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you have any final words for the listeners and watchers? What I would say to everyone listening and watching, continue 
following this podcast. There's so many gems that Atto brings in and shares on here. So continue following it. And if you have a passion or a goal, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter, oh my gosh, I should have started it earlier, just start. You never know when things could change for you, what your life could look like, and you owe it to yourself to give it a go. The one thing I really don't like doing in life is having what ifs. So I always try and go for it. If things don't work out, then cool. That's fine. But you owe it to yourself just to try because you never know. Amazing. Wow. I was I was enjoy I was enjoying it. <laughs> I was enjoying it. I was like, wow, this is this is sick. I, I, I'm enjoying this right now. Man, 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 man. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kia, for you, you know, just you know, blessing us with your presence and just sharing your story. Watchers, listeners, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Take Off Experience and we'll see you next week's episode. Bless. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.